0: welcome to WP tonic episode 134 and today we're talking podcasting with WordPress tips tools and tricks to get you from 0 to 60 with podcasting with WordPress today we've got a really great panel I want to let them introduce themselves and we'll start with Brian Lee Jackson
1: hi yeah um, some of you might know me I blog over at um workup.com and then i'm also the uh director of inbound marketing at keensta where we do managed wordpress hosting so so right now yeah i'm pretty knee-deep in wordpress always blogging wordpress always writing about wordpress i'm always trying to sell wordpress so <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it for me
0: very good and uh, sally getch introduce yourself
2: Certainly. My name is Sally Getch. My business is WP Fangirl. I, I do WordPress consulting, and I'm also the organizer of the East Bay WordPress Meetup in Oakland, California.
0: Very good. Jackie, introduce yourself.
3: I'm Jackie D'Elia. Uh, with Jackie D'Elia Design. I'm based in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm a web designer and developer, and I focus mostly on content marketing and content strategy.
0: Nice. Jonathan, tell
4: people who you are. Thanks, John. Um, I'm the founder of WP Tonic. We're a maintenance service, small job company. Um, If you're a business owner, membership, membership, um, website owner, WooCommerce, and you're looking for a consistent regular partner to keep that
0: site up, we're here to help. Very good. And I'm John Locke. I run a WordPress consultancy in Sacramento, California that specializes in WooCommerce stores and local SEO. And you can find me at LockdownDesign.com. Now, before we get into today's main topic, uh, podcasting, we have a couple WordPress news stories uh, that I want to ask the panel about. Uh, The first story that we're covering is uh, GoDaddy had a WordPress theme approved in the same day on wordpress.org. And for people who don't know, the, the theme uh, repo is, is it's on the wordpress.org site. You can find free themes there. There's a theme review team. Usually there's a long wait, but uh, GoDaddy got approved very quickly. Uh, Brian, what were your thoughts on this uh, news story?
1: I mean, I think, I think it, it kind of blew up a little bit fast and people didn't read all the <laughs> details. I know the guy over at WPPin.me, which I know, I, I've chatted with him a couple times actually, he's a pretty good writer, I like his stuff, and he did a long article about it too, and then it hit Manage WP, and then it, yeah, it kind of blew up from there, and then the comments went crazy. Um, I I don't like that it happened. If you read all the fine details, it's not as big as people think it was, but it still happened, and I, I mean, this happens everywhere in the world, so I didn't think that much of it, to be honest. I mean, every niche, this is gonna happen, the big people like that. We'll always get stuff pushed or favored um, more than other people sometimes but yeah it's uh you know i thought it blew up out of proportion a little more than it, it probably should have so
0: probably sally what were your thoughts on this
2: uh, yeah this seemed a little bit like um you know you could have predicted that there would be a, a, you know a storm of response to it and and possibly they did predict that I I don't know but they you know didn't particularly go out of their way to uh, to try to prevent it happening or or you know lead with an, an explanation uh, of of you know why it, why and how it went that way and uh, you know I thought that the. WP Tavern article at, at least tried to kind of focus on the fact that, well, you know, this this sort of highlights here are the issues with trying to get a theme into the repo and, and the bottlenecks. And here are some of the things that the theme review team is, tr- is doing to try to make the process quicker for everybody. And, you know, weed through the backlog and, and, you know, automate some stuff. Because it's it's a fairly small group of volunteers. And remember, this is all volunteers. And you're going to run into trouble when you have an organization that relies on volunteers. Because they have to put whatever earns them money first. Uh, And we all do, you know. Or we're going to be homeless. And uh, so... uh, you know, and and if, if you really have a problem with, with how slow the process is, you could volunteer to join the theme review team, uh, and and help out. Uh, but I do think that you know better processes are part of of what's needed, not just more people. Because if you have more people and you don't have a way to to distribute the work efficiently and onboard them and so on, it's it's actually going to slow it down rather than than speeding it up. And you know, did this demonstrate some favoritism to to GoDaddy? Sure. And and you're probably going to expect that to happen, and it's going to happen anywhere. Uh, and, and I think, you know, don't get your knickers in a twist.
0: I love how you put that, uh, you know, don't <laughs> get things twisted. Don't get it twisted. Jonathan, what were your thoughts on this article? I know you have thoughts.
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought it was, uh, <clears throat> oh, I forgot his name again, John. We, we um, Justin Chadlock. Oh, it was just hilarious. When he's such a nice guy, and I've met him, and he's such a great. And when he was so honest, he said, "I don't even know any, what's going." On. And I'm like, if You don't know what's going on, and uh, it was typical cool WordPress, wasn't it? But um, um, but you've got to take people's. Um, I agree with Brian. You know, they, you know they cough up an enormous amount of sponsorship, so they are going to be favoured. But it was so blatant. And if you're some poor developer trying to get your theme, I've been told it's um water torture is more 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 better to take than trying to get a theme through their process at the present moment. It must be galling to see Go Daddy, you know, just every hurdle's just suddenly removed and um and I just love them as people, don't I, John? GoDaddy. Oh, yes. Very um, much so. I made some public statements. They're never going to sponsor the show, are they, John? Unless no, you kill not. me. Well, you you there are a of lot it, of
2: really great people working at GoDaddy, but their hosting still sucks.
4: I don't care how great their people are. It's their management team, and who's who's still on their board of directors that I care about, Sally. They could be as nice as they like. Elephant killer yeah as far as I'm concerned
2: <laughs> is he still there
4: oh he's there dear. yeah that was, still that was the,
2: what I moved all my domains to Namecheap.
4: he's still on the board of directors he's still there the yeah. charming little man yeah.
0: well I, I I can totally understand like why this would be a controversy in the world of WordPress but um and whether this was an honest mistake whether it was just one person just kind of saying oh here's a a theme by goDaddy and I'll you know it looks fine we'll just approve it uh, whether it was an innocent mi- mistake like that, which seems likely, or whether it was a you know a plan, um, you know people are going to be upset. I mean, look, a couple of years ago they bought Media Temple, people lost their minds. Um, <laughs> they, they bought Managed WP. Uh, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, and and people just you know they were rioting in the streets. And but the fact of the matter is, is like big companies acquire smaller companies. And, um, and and GoDaddy is, they are trying to get in with the WordPress community. They are sponsoring a lot of WordCamps. They're sponsoring a lot of events. They're throwing a lot of money into maybe like rectifying the uh, awful image that they have portrayed in the past uh, with... You know I just, will he, not, I just sorry John. I just
4: will not do business with that man.
0: No, I feel you. I just will, I feel
4: you. And a lot not, of people feel the same way. He will not get my wallet open until they get rid of him. And then I might consider it. But uh, as long as he is on the board of directors in any shape or form, I will not do business with that company. End of story.
0: Yep. <laughs> I mean I guess I guess the way that I look at like all these stories is you know, okay, so go daddy, jump the line with the theme repo go daddy Bot, manage wp but focus on what you're doing what what they're doing shouldn't have any effect on what you're doing just focus on what you're doing you know and 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 don't get distracted by noise you know um so yeah so anyway there's a second news story on, here on to the next cheerful story John. on to the next story in a okay, way this, this comes- one
2: sets uh, the previous one sets this up
0: Oh, do we are we do we want to talk about this one? Oh right. Well, I don't know. Do we or do, do we or don't we? Do we or don't we? Let's decide. Are are we talking about this? Yes or no? You've lost me John. up, but we're going on, okay. on to the next All right. Well, anyway, there I I would say this. Let's approach it like this. There over this past weekend there is a trio of articles that were written. And then in, in I I will just say let's let's address it as a trio. There was an article by James Stallman called Goodbye WordPress. Uh, there was an article by Jonathan Perez uh, that was basically said, uh, you know, WordPress community, uh, stop being a fan and start doing. And then there was an article by our own Sally Getch that basically said, what has all this stuff got to do with the WordPress community anyway? Uh, you know, just, let's just start with Sally. Let, let's okay. jump the line. Of, yes. we'll, Sally, jump the line.
2: All right, well, obviously I had an opinion about this. Um, and you know, I really feel for anybody who is going through depression because I had to deal with that when I was in, in graduate school, I I ended up suicidally depressed and in in a treatment center. Uh, and you know, what I discovered after I had gotten help and gotten out and and kind of, you know, pulled myself. Exactly.
4: I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm surprised. I would have thought that would have been the six years you lived in the UK would have done that.
2: (laughs) No, four years in the UK. and, and, And I, I loved it. Um, but, uh. Uh, you know, although academia is a really dysfunctional environment and graduate school especially, I mean, I had a, had a friend who'd who'd been in the Navy before graduate school and she said, you know, your first year in graduate school is much worse than boot camp. Uh, what I found out was that the real problem was me. You know, it was my stuff that was, that was the reason that I went crazy and the other people in my class, although they were unhappy, didn't, uh, and So, you know, I got thinking about that. And then I got thinking about, you know, yeah, we see people doing stupid things in the WordPress community, and it's annoying. And I think partly we hope that people in WordPress are better than that because of, you know, open source uh, (coughs) values and and things. But people are never better than that. You know, people are people. And people will do stupid things. And in any group of people, you're going to have folks who are assholes. You're going to have people who who are... have too much influence. You're going to have clicks. Uh, you're going to have, you know, people who are biased. You're going to have creepers who put moves on you at conferences. Uh, these things are all out there. And we we shouldn't put up with them. We should do whatever we can to create an environment that's safe and welcoming. And, and you know, the foundation has guidelines for doing that at, at events. If you're organizing a WordCamp or if you run a meetup, that kind of thing. But... You also shouldn't think that you're going to get away from that kind of behavior by going from WordPress to, you know, a different platform, a different community, a totally different industry. Human behavior is going to follow you wherever you are. So you have to, you have to find some way to, to live with, you know, the way people treat each other, to take care of yourself, and then do what you can to try to make your immediate environment more supportive.
0: Well said, Brian. Do, what do you have thoughts? Do you have thoughts on this? You do a lot of entrepreneurial stuff, and and you know, is there ever like a you know, what are the real pressures like? Um,
1: I mean, I take it I probably have a different perspective than you're probably thinking I'm going to take it from. But um, I used to work in the health industry too, and I would say the politics there are way worse than anywhere else, anywhere in WordPress. So all this stuff happening in WordPress, I, it's like. It's like kids playing almost compared to um, some other environments that I've worked in. So it's like it doesn't really bother me that much. Um, And also, being an entrepreneur, uh, most people know this because I run a gluten free website. And so my name's out there everywhere. So uh, I don't care mentioning it or sharing it. But uh, like three years ago, I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. And it was, you know, the hardest part of my life. Like uh, people have died from ulcerative colitis. I was in the hospital tried medicines, probably went through 15 different doctors. It was, you know, very, very rough. And so I'm now, I've been in remission. I'm even drinking coffee right now. (laughs) So thanks to a gluten-free diet, I'm 100% gluten-free. And that's what did it for me. I left doctors, figured out how to fix it on myself. Um, But ever since that moment, things like this, I've just always brushed off. Like, they don't matter at all, I guess you could say. Um, I, I guess people, I... I feel people in the WordPress community don't take life for, for granted sometimes or they take it for granted sometimes and all these little issues are not important in the long scheme of things at all. But so that's my, my personal personal opinion on it.
0: No, that's that's well grounded in reality. Jackie. No,
1: what what were your thoughts
0: just overall?
3: Overall, I think there's a lot of communities within the WordPress community, and I think can't remember which post I read that on maybe it was on Jonathan's but I think it's Jonathan. um, yeah and that's a great point to remember everybody you know can get all caught up in that there's only one community you're either in or you're out and you know uh, that getting in is all important and I think focusing on your work and focusing on your business is great and to remember that WordPress is a tool it's not Anything more than that. The community's great. And there's lots of little communities within that community that you can be part of and share and do things with. And I think that's helpful to just remember that. And Sally's post was awesome. It just basically, you know, reminded everybody that there isn't anything unique about this situation, that it's only applies to the WordPress community, that it's everywhere. And that um, w- by thinking that it isn't, um, I think gives more people more distress about it than than than's really worth it. And I think focusing on your business, if you enjoy going to word camps and you get something out of them, or you enjoy contributing and giving back to the community in that regard, do it. If I saw Kim Doyle had a post on a a, a comment on Jonathan's page where she says, well, that's why she stopped going to WordPress to word camps. And for her, if that works for her, I mean, like, well said, great. If that's how you feel and you can contribute in other ways um fine i think everybody just needs to remember that it's just not one thing and you're and not to consider it just a click and that you're either in or you're out i think that's part of it
0: i have thoughts on that which i will get to in just a second but i want to hear from the man jonathan <laughs> um i just had
4: such mixed feelings about it obviously james i did ask james i want to point out to the listeners that um i i invited James on this podcast and we had exchange a small exchange of emails for obvious reasons. He politely declined. Um, I have offered to him um, when the show notes um, go up that if he wants to contribute those or say anything that he's most welcome and I've given him my insurance that they would be put on the website. Um, I just wanted to say that to folks because everything I, I try and be as ethical as I can as a human being. Um, I think, I, you know, I, I, I had real thoughts about even discussing this article, but I thought, I thought there, is, there are some people in the WordPress community that utilize intimidation and fear, basically. Um, they intimidate people and they use their position to intimidate. I'm not going to go in details. I had somebody try it on with me a few weeks ago, and um, they said some slanderous remarks about me, and it was sorted out. Um, I think they've got the message. Hopefully, they've got the message that they don't want to mess around with me. Um, um, they're going to come off worse, basically. Um, weaker people probably put up with their crap. Um, um, I think James was in a bad place um, and linked to what Sally said, and he was in a dark place and some, you know. And it happens to everybody, doesn't it, John?
0: <clears throat> it absolutely does. Um, there's a couple of things I want to point out. Um, th- You know, depression is a real thing. Uh, It's not a weakness. Um, There's a lot of people, especially like in the web industry. It's it's not just in the web industry, but definitely it is not a sign of weakness to admit that you're having like clinical depression, or if you're, um, you know, struggling with whatever it is, whether it's like bipolar, whatever type of mental illness or or stuff like that. There are a lot of people that suffer with mental illness that never say anything. Um, it 's not a sign of weakness to look for help uh, within our own WordPress community we 've seen Corey Miller talk out a lot uh, this last year about mental health talking about the iceberg of you know what you show people and then what 's underneath and I think it has encouraged a lot of people to to share their own stories. Um, also seen uh, a medium post by Mike Montero of mule Studio in San Francisco very successful studio um, you know share about his own struggle with clinical depression um, and I think this happens a lot with agency owners I think it happens a lot with entrepreneurs but it happens to like a lot of regular people too um, I will say this I my own story like the, the WordPress community I, I want to point out something on Sally's article she says, that you can't leave any community and expect to rid yourself of people who discriminate, uh, people who receive special treatment, uh, you know, people that just make you unhappy uh, because they're more successful than you, or you know, it's just a whole laundry list. And I encourage people to go read that article and, and look at that list because uh, this is the world that we live in. Um, you know, before I came to web development, I had a whole corporate life, and there was politics there. I was awesome, and I was, you know, on my way to getting promoted, like way up in the company, until I wasn't. And uh, sometimes, all it takes is sometimes it takes just one person, uh, like just having an issue with you, uh, to derail stuff. But in web development, it's it's a little different because, or at least like as an you know independent like business owners, we have the ability to to craft our own path. We don't have one boss. We have, you know, you can have several like clients or customers. So you you're not locked into like one person like dictating, um, you know, or one group of people like dictating like your destiny. You you know have the power to create your own destiny. Um, And so, I say there are always going to be clicks. High school doesn't end when you um, uh, enter the adult world. There are still people that carry on like that. But the best thing to do is if. It, it, here's, here's the thing to know, if you're not in with the A-listers in, in whatever field you're in, whether it's web development, Hollywood, corporate, lifestyle, whatever it is, if you're not in with the A-listers or whatever, and, you know, whatever click it is that you want to get into, they don't want to let you in, go form your own click, make your own posse, that's what this is, we're making our own posse right here, and, uh, you know, you can, uh, it's, it's easier to uh, build up like with people who are, who are closer to your level sometimes, and then you know, and then you get respect eventually, anyway. So, um, yeah, but it's just like Moulton or
4: Brian or, or anybody yeah. on this panel come to me, I will talk to anybody and I will try and help them if I haven't got the bandwidth. I just say, Look. I can't help you. I'm too busy. Brian's the same. Or Sally, you know, I'm just too busy. I love to help you, but I'm busy. And as an adult, you just, you accept it because people, but you know, but I get the impression from everybody on this panel, if somebody, if you've got the time and it's not a ridiculous thing that they're asking, you're you're quite open to help them. And I do not stab Mm -hmm. people in the back. And... There are, you know, there's great people in the WordPress, and it's just the same as the outside. There's great people, and there's not such great people. And good luck to them. Um, and they enjoy stabbing people in the back and saying nasty stuff behind them. If you've got anything to say about me, folks, just call me and have a conversation with me. Um, I'm, quite, You know, I'm quite up for if you think I've done something that... Doesn't make you happy. Give me a call. You know, man up for Christ's sake.
0: Um, you know, yeah. I mean, but that's that is everywhere, Jonathan, and 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 that is the thing too. In the words of the immortal poet Melvin Glover, you know, people can talk behind your back, but never to your face. But they'll make a clear path when you walk in the place, and. <laughs> You know, it, it it it's just one of those things that you have to to realize. You have to get in where you fit in. Um, just, you know, you don't need to fit in like everywhere. You can still make your way. Uh, and but that's it. You, we always have to do what's like best for like our own personal, mental, emotional, physical health. And you know, it, sometimes that means like. Yeah, people... the other factor is,
4: and it's a little bit different to yeah. the rest of the panel, um, where I think we're in, we're on 134 of WP uh, Tonic. Right. Um, I've met a lot of people in the WordPress community. Um, I've outreached a lot of people. I've had chats. Con- You'd be amazed at, you know how to put this that there, there's some people have a public persona but their personal persona have no linkage to their public persona where uh, i would hope the panel or anybody that's met me is what you see is in general what you get with me there isn't like two jonathans you know um um but you know, there are some people who are a bit different, you know, what they publicly spouse and their public persona doesn't really meet what they really are, which you see very, when you're interviewing them
0: and, you know, I I think that is present in, in like any, you know, I think that's present in any community, not just WordPress community. There are people that, that put on a facade, Um, which is fine, but you know, not, and, and I want to like harken back to something that Morton said last week, um, when it, when he talked about people going to word camps or and this could apply to anything at all, not just word camps, not just conferences, but anything where you meet somebody that, you know, from a distance, um, he said that, like a lot of people think, he was uh, stern and like gruff, and then they found out he was just had a different sense of humor, and he was really a nice guy. Which I think he's one of the nicest guys in WordPress and in the overall web community. And I think we're really lucky to have him. Um, but you know, some people are, you know, you think are your heroes, you know, and then you meet them up close, and they're different. And that's the thing about putting people on a pedestal. It, in whatever it is whether it's music movies you know uh web development fame whatever it is internet famous what they put out there could match what they are or it could not and you know when you meet people up close sometimes it's different so uh you just move on you know but it doesn't change who you are you always have to stay centered with like who you are and stay true to you and i think that's the most important thing um you know, and, business, and
4: business, you know. To be quite frank, you know, business is rough. Um, I've had partners. I've had, you know, I've been in business for thirty years, John, and it's tough when you're entrepreneur or your business owner. You uh, you really see, but you mustn't it. You know, totally make you cynical. And I'm English, and I'm saying that, John. I can't believe it.
0: Yep. Let's move on. <laughs> let's move on to our last yep. story. Uh, for real. Uh, we have uh, a story where the, uh, they're talking about uh, going away from child themes and putting this into WordPress Core, where uh, you would have basically, essentially, like, CSS changes in the customizer. Um, and this was covered on the WP Tavern. Uh, what is the panel's thoughts on this? I want to start with uh, Brian. Brian.
1: Um, I mean I thought I was just reading through the comments actually on that article on WP Tavern. Uh, comments on there are always entertaining to read. Um, the, I think uh, I agree actually kind of with uh, Ryan Heller. I think he, he made the Disable Emojis plugins. I think a lot of people know him for that but I kind of agree with what he was saying on there. I, I really think this is more of a plugin territory or I saw Sally's comment too. Like people that are doing child themes they're still gonna do child theme. Like this, is, this is really for those beginners that are just needing to put some custom CSS in there, which in my case, I would actually tell someone to install a plugin separately. Um, I've never been a fan of the customizer myself. I don't use it, I've never used it, <laughs> I hate it. Um, so I don't see with this change, I don't see myself ever going to use it again still. So as far as how I use WordPress and tell other people to use WordPress, nothing's changing for me, I guess you could say. Um, I, it might be good for beginners is what I could say. Cause then maybe, you know, they don't always know about all these custom CSS plugins you can do and child themes. So having a place where they can go hit customize in the appearance editor and, you know, just change it in there might, might be helpful. But other than that, I, I yeah, I, I'm not sure why they're, they're focusing on adding this to the core. I can think of some better things they could add to core than this. So I guess that's my take. It.
0: Yeah, definitely. And definitely uh, Sally, do you, do you, see this as being a beneficial or um, is this just another winding path that we're going to go down and then kind of like change our minds on?
2: Well, you know, I don't know that that there's anything particularly harmful about putting it in there, but you know, my point was that the headline was kind of clickbait. That, you know, almost nobody I'm aware of would actually create a child theme because they wanted to change one or two things in CSS. That, that's what those custom CSS plugins are for. Uh, and uh, you know, but people who are creating child themes are usually doing a lot more than just changing CSS. And they're also the people like you know Brian and me who don't use the customizer if we can possibly help it. Uh, I do think you know there's a certain logic to if you're if they're if people are trying to push. Uh, you know, and and that that seems to be sort of the direction Core is moving is to kind of consolidate everything appearance related in the customizer. There's a certain logic to having to accessing custom CSS through the customizer because you're using it to customize. Uh, but uh, you know, as other people pointed out, you're going to get this weedy teensy little window that's hard to write CSS in, and and you know, probably not nearly so good a user experience as a custom css plugin which you know not only are there several independent ones but there's custom css in jetpack which is a plugin that is again aimed at you know beginners who need a lot of uh, different kinds of things and, and who want an experience similar to what they get with with wordpress.com so uh, yeah it's sort of like i don't see an overpowering need for it i can understand the argument of of creating it i personally wouldn't use it i'd like to see some u- some actual user data you know they apparently have a feature sort of like this in in on wordpress.com and you know who is using it and how many and and uh, you know is, is there is that beneficial enough or is anything where you're starting to actually write code uh something that really should be left to you know to plugins or or to you know people who are uh, are able to do their own stuff
0: yeah and maybe it's a little bit of overkill uh, Jackie, do you do you see this as a useful direction uh, for integrating this into Core, or no?
3: The only way that I see it as useful is if you're appealing to beginners that are trying to learn how to use CSS and are want an easy way to see it live in the preview for the changes they're making. For for most, if you're purchasing a child theme or you're building child themes, I really can't see using that at all. Um, and I agree, I i don't use the customizer um, for any of my work, but I can see that there's a definite, you know, do-it-yourself or group that could w- would find that very handy to work in. And I, I truly think that's where it's all going to go in the end. It'll be more drag-and-drop and more visual editing that's that's going to, is, is what that needs. But I think it almost is as if... Um, WordPress would need to split at some point where you're going to have, you know, a traditional development route where you're building child themes and you're, you know, you're coding, you're doing your SAS and CSS and you're coding there. And then you're doing some kind of visual editor, which is a totally different thing. And I, I also just wonder um, if if you're fluent in CSS enough to go and put that in there, then that's probably really not the place that you'd want to be working anyway. Um, I just think that they're trying to make it where you can make simple changes and visually see those changes live, and I think that's the goal. But I think at some point, everything kind of diverges. At some, at some point down the road, you've got to make a decision about, you know, because in the customizer, yes, your, your style sheet's being loaded, um, and you can see things now. They're, they're, they're working on some things, plugins that um, are, could be put in core, which I think is helpful, but I just think the interface is still not, I don't think we're there yet. And I think it just adds more um, more issues. I, I think definitely if somebody doesn't want to have to go through the trouble of creating a child theme to put four lines of CSS in, then that is great. But there's plugins, like Sally said, and I agree totally that that's probably where that needs to be. If you are already in the mindset that you want to tinker with your design and make changes, then probably installing a plugin to do that makes sense. I that's just my opinion.
0: No, I agree with you. Uh, there are plugins to do it, and I don't think you would be doing a child theme for just four lines of CSS, but I want to ask Jonathan, is, are they, is this similar to like a couple of years ago when they were uh, introducing, I uh, can't remember what they called it, but basically like they were trying to compete with Tumblr and they... Post format. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, is this similar to that? Are they trying to compete with maybe Squarespace or something like that?
4: Who knows? It's the Sponkers, isn't it? Yes. Well, I it's WordPress Sponkers right? Of course,
2: it? they're trying to compete with Squarespace. They're always trying to compete with Squarespace.
4: Yeah. But yeah, you know what? You know, get back. You know, I'm like, I agree with everything the panel says. You know, Brian, Brian had it spot on. I, I just hate the customizer. It's a dog, isn't it? You know, dog that should have been put down a long time ago, but but. Somebody, WordPress loves it. And, um, some people do love it. You know, um, um, if Morton were here, he would defend it. He would defend it strongly, wouldn't he? You um, wouldn't be happy with my comment. Because
3: um, that's but, the direction it's going. That is the direction. You just have to accept that.
4: You need to see. Can't the not fight City Hall. You need to see the light, folks. They're not. <laughs> that
3: really- Yeah, that's where it's all going to be in the end. That's how you'll be building out your site. And then the popularity uh, of Beaver Builder and things like that. I mean, it's just that's where it's going.
4: Yeah, well, you know, the. um, But I think it was really key to what you said, Jackie, a few uh, episodes ago. I don't. I think there's a minority that want to kind of. Build their own website with Beaver Builder, but the majority of people just want to do very sane changes to their page layout and have an editor that lets them do very, but you know, things that you would want to do. And unfortunately, the present editor is a embarrassment and. it's horrible. Very frustrating. It's horrible.
3: People. I never use the visual editor ever. I never even turn it on. I'm just, I'm always in well, the Well, yeah, but, but you're, but,
4: you're but kind of janky, aren't you, Jackie? Right? No, you no, know. No, but
3: I'm just saying that the challenge is, is you have clients who are not comfortable writing HTML. That means they're working in the visual editor. And the That's visual you. editor doesn't always show you the way things are really going to render and it's confusing for a user when you got an image that's got a left align and a right align and they're completely skewed off and the paragraph is all funky and you're that's not the way it's going to render when you when you preview right. the page because you have to
2: create a a, 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 a an editor style sheet. Yes, you do. And Even then, it's not going to be a a perfect rendition. And there.
3: all of that is a lot of extra work to do. That for a typical build out for a client, if that's what they want, then you've got to make sure that you're loading all of that stuff in there. It's just.
4: It's a nightmare, and they and they, you know, and yet they they use resources for something like this rather than um doing the obvious, but it's easy for me to say, so what do I know, Jackie? But it just seems to me, but I, I just like Brian said, you know, I just, I just. I hate the customizer with passion. And Morten would just have a well, go I, me, don't, I don't know. Well,
3: I, I think more important is, is that
2: the customizer wasn't made for you. At, That's and right, Leird, it's at, not at, any of us. It's, it's, it's not made for the, the developer types. It's not made for the people who've been with WordPress since, since the very early days. It, it's made for the, for the new people, and they do seem to use it.
0: True. Brian, did you hmm? have a thought?
1: Oh, also, I was reading that I had missed this in the article, actually, earlier. The, the lead developer of the simple custom CSS plugin is actually the lead developer on adding this new feature so actually in my opinion that makes it a little better because I think you know, it's I've used that plugin on sites before I think I use a different one now but it's a good plugin and it works really good so knowing that he's in charge of adding this feature it, I, I think it will be better than I had originally thought of you know it just see you know, John,
4: see, John so. Brian does what I don't do John he actually reads the whole article
1: uh, I don't uh, <laughs> <laughs> Read the whole article
2: and, and the comments and, and the one thing I I, I I was really aware of reading the comments was you know there was there were a lot of strong opinions and at least everything that got published was expressed politely. It was, you know, I don't think this will work. Here's why here's what I'd rather see instead. You know, it wasn't oh my God, these people are stupid, evil, and conspiring against us, which you, you do sometimes hear folks Wait, in the um, WordPress community saying.
3: I've got a question. Um, I'm pretty sure doesn't the like simple um, CSS plugin is that stored in the database? Yeah that's okay. one of the problems so, yeah I've got a client that has 3,000 lines of custom CSS they've put in and now all of that's in the database when really it should be in a file that's called in and that's where things maybe there should be a limit or something on there because I was very surprised to find out that that's there and it's loading and I don't have any control over it now because it's not part of the project that I wrote.
4: I check, yeah,
3: I feel free. yeah you, can't, you, you
2: can't track it. You can't, yeah. I mean, I tend to use it for mostly for temporary stuff. You know, well that I'm that I'm testing, or you know, in the, the project I'm working on, where somebody else is doing the main front end work, I'll put sort of my preliminary CSS there, and then he'll remove it and incorporate it in, into the the main style sheet. Or yeah, you've got a couple of tiny changes; they're not going to put a, a, a particularly heavy load on the database. Uh, but uh, uh, yes, I mean, you know, the database is not really where that stuff belongs, uh, and it's going to be in there whether you have this in core or or whether you're using a plugin.
4: Oh, I'm sorry. That sounds...
3: <laughs> I know. I know.
4: All right.
0: Okay. We are way up against our break. Here we are, aren't We, aren't John. We need, yes, to, we,
4: are. we need to get moving, don't we?
0: <laughs> all right. We're going to go to our break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking our main topic, which is podcasting with WordPress, what tools, uh, what things you need to, to get going with it? And you know, all the ins and outs of that. So we'll be back after the break. Buying or selling a home in the greater Reno Tahoe area. I know the best CRS real estate broker and that's Karen Conrad. And you can find her at karenconrad.com or call directly at 775-527-7021. We're coming back from the break and we're talking tools and tips for podcasting with WordPress. Um, and I think most of the panel here today, they have their uh, own podcast or appear on a podcast and, um, but I want to start with Brian. Uh, if you were just you know, starting to... If you if you're a person, say you've got a WordPress site and you're thinking like, hmm, I want to start a, a podcast. What sorts of tools, uh, what sorts of things would you, would you recommend starting with?
1: Um, actually, this is one area that I do not know a lot about. I'll be completely honest. Um, you guys have me on this one for sure. Okay. Um, I think... And even, even just looking at that the actually
2: panel. makes you a good test case so you know yeah yeah that makes about it you but you know yeah. what podcasts are do you but where I, would you start looking
1: i know where yeah this is how i would start looking so i because i'm i would if i had to go look right now i would be completely fresh brand new person um just looking at you guys i can tell you all have a mic and i've done a lot of reviews about mics. so a mic is something i would definitely purchase i'm always using these cheap headsets because i don't podcast and so a mic is something I would invest in. Um, I'm sure there's hundreds of reviews out there of, and I'm sure most of you got yours on Amazon or something. So, I'm sure there, you know, good mics out there. That's the first thing I would probably get. Um, the second thing I would do is figure out where I'm going to host my podcast. I guess, and I would probably go to my favorite podcasters and see what they're using. That's the first thing I would do. Um, there's probably a good 20 or 30 podcasters I listen to on a regular basis um, a lot of them are in the WordPress niche um, and the other rest are in the marketing niche um, I like uh,
4: actually um, Brian can I ask you a quick question sure um, do you as a, a professional online marketer ex- very experienced online marketer what do you see of the value in business terms of podcasting, um, do you think it does really influence the listeners, engage them? How do you broaden your attitude connected to your online marketing experience?
1: Yeah, it's, it's tough because I've never marketed a podcast as far as a business goes. You know, trying to see if it actually helps affect revenue from that side of things. So I, I can't speak for that, but um, I myself love podcasts and I listen to them all the time. So, But it, you have really have to know how many people out there are doing that exact same thing. Um, I'm a writer and so I always love content. So if I had to pick between writing an article or listening to a podcast, or I mean publishing a podcast, I would always say write an article just because I'm always trying to get on Google and get those keywords.
0: Uh, so I want to ask the panel um, what mic do you use? What, do it, do, what's a good mic to start with? Uh, I know that I started with the... What is this? I know that Bill actually told me what mic to get. It's the uh, Audio Technica uh, 2100, I think. Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts? So what mics are everybody else using? Um, start with Sally. Sure.
2: Uh, well, I, I had this terrible case of microphone envy for for Jackie, so I got the same one she has, which is the Rode Podcaster. Um, I would say until you know that you're going to keep podcasting, don't spend a bunch of money on a microphone. This this one is expensive, in, including the the enormous heavy arm that I have it on, so that it c- I can clamp it behind my chaise lounge here, uh, and the you know, and the the shock mount and everything it it added up to about 400 bucks that that's not a small investment and podcasting is hard to do uh it it takes the time that you're recording it um, but it also takes the time you're prepping for it The time you're doing the show notes the time you're doing any post-production which if you're cleaning up audio it's about a three to one ratio of the length of of the uh of the file and if you're doing video and and actually editing it it's about a ten to one uh ratio video is much harder to edit Uh, you know your show notes your comment management your promotion so there's a lot of work involved in podcasting and it, one good place to start if if you're thinking about it is to you know participate in someone else's podcast get on a panel like this where where someone else is doing the the hard work and uh, uh it, you know, and, and you get to, to participate and, and share it with people and, and let people know you're there. So you know you can start with an inexpensive headset as long as you've got, you know, not a ton of, of noise that your machine is itself is making and and so on. And try recording a few episodes or or get one of those nice little portable uh, recorders that records to to WAV files if if you're just doing audio. Um, And because, you know, those are 100, 150 bucks, they're cheaper than a good microphone. Uh, Record a few episodes, see whether you can keep it up. uh, And then once you've decided that you're committed to it, you know, you can make the investment in a in a microphone. And, uh, you know, you, you have to it takes time for any. Content marketing to pay off, and some people quit too soon because they're, they're not getting immediate results, uh, and it takes time to to build up listenership or or viewership for for a podcast. And you know, you're not usually going to get an instantaneous result in terms of you know boosting your your marketing in any way or or you know whatever your your business purpose may be for it. Um, so, uh, but just see just see whether you can keep doing it b- before you spend the money.
0: Now that's excellent advice. Uh, Jackie, what are all the things that you've learned uh, from launching Rethink FM, which everyone should subscribe to, by the way?
3: Thank you, John. Um, it's been a great experience learning about this. And um, the mic, number one, okay, so yes, I did get a Rode podcaster because I saw Carrie was using hers on office hours. And I had a Blue Yeti when I first started. <coughs> um, but When I came to decide to get the shock mount and the arm and everything, it... There were more little contraptions I had to buy to get it to work with the Blue Yeti and everything. And I ended up just deciding to sell the Blue Yeti and go with the Rode Podcaster. I thought it would be simple. And I'm real happy with it. It's, it's working just fine. I use it a lot now for even just client communication and, you know, uh, just uh, hangout videos that I'm on. And it, it's just like part of the everyday thing now. So that's that's been a great thing. It's been really good for the podcasting part as well. What I've learned is it's a lot more work than you think it will be. Um, that's number one. Uh, if you think, oh, yeah, I'm going to just do a 30-minute podcast every other week or a 45-minute podcast, so maybe I'm gonna, it's going to take an hour of my time. That's totally not true at all. So it's going to take quite a bit of time to, to actually do it to where you're going to be happy with it. Um, I started out with Google Hangouts for the podcast I was doing, the audio and the video, but I'm switching now to just audio only. Uh, it's just easier to work with for me, I think, um, and I think the values there. I looked at the number of people watching the video versus listening to it, and the numbers are, were much better on, on the audio side. I decided to host the audio on Libsyn, um, after doing a bunch of research, and there was there's quite a few options. Um, I'm using the Blueberry PowerPress um, plugin. That um, I do like the way that that works. I know they have a service too that will host too, but um, so far I kind of like the Libsyn um, combination. I was able to. But just if you're thinking about how much time you're going to need to spend to set this all up, right? To I like build out the website and then get all of the integration work done for the podcast it took a lot more time than I thought it would take it was um, there's there's information all over but a lot of it is scattered and your best bet is to just like um, Brian had said you know reach out to some people that you know that are that are doing that and seeing you know how are they doing it and what are they doing so that part is finding guests and you know topics to talk about you are my for episode one, you were the you were my guest, John, on uh, Rethink FM, and we chatted a lot about what we were going to talk about. We recorded the episode. Um, it's one of the most watched episodes so far, um, at, and I'm on episode nine, so you, you're um, it's a very popular episode. It was all about content first strategy, which was it's a great topic because a lot of people um, that's maybe a new concept to them, and um, Sally followed up and we did a great one on content auditing and that was another good episode as well and I think um, finding the topics and um, putting the time in to make sure it sounds good you know so you've got to you can either and I know um, Joe Casabona is a developer that's in my mastermind group he started recently started a podcast right around the same time called how I built it and he's doing audio only and He's, he's done a great job of getting his podcast off the ground as well. So talking to other people and learning from each other is has been helpful for me. But hands down, it's going to take you a lot longer than you think it is. Joe's gotten now where he's got somebody, I think he uses somebody on Fiverr who will process the audio for them and make it really professional sounding and um, pretty inexpensively too. So that's another option to look at. And then the other final thing I would mention is, I'm thinking about doing this now, is getting transcripts done for your podcast because I think that will help with your SEO and it'll also help make it more accessible for,
2: whoops, Jackie
4: froze. Yeah,
0: she's frozen. Oh, oh. Well, I, I did want to add that, Jonathan, we're going to ask you as well. Yep. Uh, a couple things that Jackie, are you back, Jackie? Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Continue.
3: I'm done. Go ahead. That was good. Transcripts was where I ended on that, and I thought that would be kind of rounds off my experience so far.
0: Yep. Um, So we're using – when we do do transcripts, we're using Rev.com, and those are – they come back really fast. Um, And I'll just tell you like how I do those. The workflow for those is – I'll uh, download, uh, if we're just doing like a straight YouTube video um, and with no edits, I'll like download that and upload that to them. You could also give them the URL. Um, and then I get a transcription. And that's formatted in a Word file. Uh, and it's like formatted in table format like the speaker name. And then here's like what they said. And what I'll do is I'll uh, open that in Word and uh, I'll I'll do like tables to text command to so I can put it in the the actual WP Tonic page. You might not want to do that, but you can definitely do that. I check it for typos before I do all that. Uh, then I will upload it to to, uh, to YouTube. Um, you can upload a file as a closed caption. Uh, YouTube does uh, do an automatic transcription, but it's not that accurate, usually. So it's good to use a service like Rev. Uh, Jonathan, I wanted to ask you, a lot of the things that Jackie was talking about was just how long it takes to put together a podcast. Um, you know, and, and Sally was talking about that. Um, and using someone outsourced to clean up the audio files. And, and I wanted to get your insight, because you've been doing this. Obviously, you started this with Bill. You have been doing this for quite a while. So I just wanted your insights on, you know, just the whole steps of of doing the actual podcast.
4: Well, it is a big subject. You know, I would say um, actually what um, Jackie said about resources, actually go to my old co-host's website, Timelines and Success. He's actually got um, a resource there. Which isn't he asks for your email, but then he gives you a, a very good download that this all the things that you might want. So, I would suggest, listener, if you are interested, is go to my old partner in crime. Um, I think the number one thing is uh, what before you look at all this is why are you doing this? Um, and I broke my own rule because Bill initially persuaded me and I I just went with the flow I had no coherent reason why I was doing it at the time I just thought you know he turned up You suggested it I've been thinking about doing it for a while but just for various reasons hadn't got around to it and I thought you know um, people tend to turn up in one's life for a reason um, I've found and um, um so I just went for it. Um, so really think why you're doing it because it's going to take a lot more work and a lot more effort, and it's going to take a lot longer than you think to get anything doing it. So if you don't have a really clear career reason why you're doing it, it, probably you're going to burn out pretty quick because there wasn't any clear reason
0: why you were doing it in the first place.
4: Did that make any sense, Sean?
0: It did make some sense. Uh, I want to ask you like, really quick too, what is the reason like, you would want to use a service like Libsyn to host your audio files as opposed to just hosting them on your WordPress site?
4: I definitely would not do that. All the analytical data that you get... Um, Also, the files can be, especially um, the way we talk, John, uh, the files get rather large. Um, They have really good backup, and it's all the analytical data that you get. It starts at $5 a month. You probably would have to quickly go up to the $10 account. I personally feel they are still the best. Um, there are there've been some free services and that, but they're in financial trouble. I understand. Um, of what I've tried, I would recommend Lipson highly. It's not the most intuitive interface, um, uh, <laughs> to say the least, but they do uh, they do actually have some good tutorial. Um, videos and documentation that you, but you do need to read it um, to start making any sense of the interface. Cause it is not intuitive, John.
0: Uh, one last question before, and, and then I'm going to ask Brian some, um, but can I just quickly say something? Oh
4: yeah, um, I think one of the real great um, pluses of podcasting is from its tradition, you know, Just like the web, the web really, a lot of its traditions came from print. And a lot of the traditions of podcasting come from radio. And one of the strengths of radio is that if you can build an audience, they're normally extremely low and become champions. And they feel very personally connected to the presenters in a way that's in some ways even more powerful than television, I feel. Um, um it, there's something about the, the connection between the people you're listening to that you cannot get from print. And I think um a lot of um sponsors or people really don't understand the power of that relationship that the that they hosts have with their audience and they tend to downplay that. But it's much more influenced than um, a lot of other mediums.
0: I think that there is definitely an influence that happens with audio or even video. Uh, And you look at like YouTube as another phenomenon, how they built, how there were stars that emerged from that platform. Uh, You could look at, you know, definitely like there are stars in podcasting, like in in general. People like Merlin Mann, you know, Dan Benjamin people, um, like on the relay FM network, like Marco and Arment and people like that, that they have tremendous sway over their audiences. Um, you know, and with our, in our own space, there are people that we follow that, you know, we, we trust what they say. Um, one thing that I want to ask Brian is, uh, what do you feel, uh, is, in, you said you don't produce a podcast but when you look at podcasts maybe like an itunes or what are the things that you feel are most important uh in in deciding like whether you're going to listen to a podcast or subscribe to a podcast would it be like cover art is it like recommendations what sorts of things you know make you interested in listening to a podcast
1: um Actually, I think one of the first things I actually look at is frequency of how often they publish. Um, For me, that's important just because um, when I find people I like, I like to know that I can, you know, next week I can go, you know, while I'm working, I can go throw their podcast on and I like to have that consistency with the podcasters. If they're doing like one a month, I probably wouldn't even bother just because it's not worth my time really. Um, even though there's probably spending a lot of time making it, I guess, from what it sounds like. Um, but yeah, I guess consistency for the podcast is one thing I really look at. Um, I think the artwork for me is not a big, is not a big thing. Um, I'm not, I'm not an Apple person either, so I'm probably in the minority. Um, I like people that are on SoundCloud myself. Um, I think SoundCloud, I don't know if it seems like it might be dying. I don't know, but, um, I still have a lot of people on SoundCloud that I that I listen to, and I, I appreciate podcasters that push it there as well. Um, and so, maybe you know, pushing it everywhere I think is, is a good thing because you'll have people like me where I might only subscribe to you on SoundCloud, whereas I don't have iTunes, I don't have an iPhone. <laughs>
0: Ooh, that's definitely something to put on the list. Then I need to look into that. It's yeah,
4: um, it's very true, actually, Brian. Um, that's something we really got to look at. Um, but. I wouldn't recommend them as a as a hosting of your files because um, there have been things said on that they are in financial trouble. Um, how true that is, um, I don't really know. Um, but yeah, consistency. I would agree with Brian, um, and it's. Um, I would also say um, get a really good co-host. It really does help. Oh no need for that. Um, <laughs> Um, but, you know, it's a two-edged sword like any partnership in life. Um, your, your co-host's problems become your problems as well. Um, but if you can find a co-host that um, has the same attitude to you and wants the same business objectives, it it really does become a lot easier to run a show totally on your own is um, with the consistency that Brian has pointed out is a, is a major undertaking and having a really quality co-host makes a big difference. Would you agree with that, John? Or are you still, look, I, I are say, you still looking I, for that good quality co-host, John? No, no,
0: no. I, I would say that definitely, like, there is a lot of work uh, involved in producing a podcast and um, I've, know, I've known that from my friends like uh, Tim Smith and Chris Enns on the uh, you know uh, the good stuff FM network, for sure uh, they used to tell me about this. But you know, being knee deep in it, it definitely uh, you see how much work there actually is involved. It, it is rather a lot, and I see why people take like uh, off season or they have like kind of like a TV season. They do a season, and they come back uh, doing it week after week. Uh, it's a lot of work, and I think sharing the load uh, definitely is is a way to do it. Um, I would say, like, what Brian said, in any type of thing, whether you're doing video, audio, or any type of show, any type of episodic show, having consistency is one of the most important factors. I would agree with that. Uh, Sally, I wanted to ask you. You put a link in the chat, Is School of Podcasting, and uh, I wanted you to just elaborate on this.
2: Right. So I've... (laughs) You know, I've been around the podcasting world since 2005, uh, which is a a long time. And I remember, you know, the phase in 2007 where everyone thought that podcasting was going to be, a, you know, a get-rich-quick technique, and uh, it's not. Uh, even those people who do make money from their, their podcasts, it's it's much more of a get rich slow uh, and uh, in most cases, it's well, we now have some sponsors who will pay for our hosting uh, you know, it's it, it, you tend to get more indirect benefits in terms of marketing your business establishing your credibility, etc et, et uh, but Dave Jackson in the School of Podcasting, he has a, a regular podcast, which is all tips for podcasters and he does um, or at least he used to have a, a basically a membership site where he had a whole bunch of tutorials on uh, mostly the technical side of podcasting, but also some of the marketing side. That, you know, so it's a uh, it's a, it's an opportunity for that, or or you know, go check out Bill's uh, uh, Bill's info on that. You know, there there are places to learn about podcasting. There are books about podcasting uh some of them written by friends of mine uh you know this is where i find most of my podcasts is is either i know the people who are making them uh i have heard them recommended by a friend like in real life or i've heard them recommended by another podcaster i i don't go looking for podcasts uh i also am a pc user uh so itunes itunes on windows is just appalling Uh, you know don't go there if you don't absolutely have to uh i have an elderly uh sansa clip Uh, audio uh, mp3 player i use um sony's media go uh to subscribe to podcasts and and transfer them over to my to my player it works just fine uh but uh i i do recommend for people who are podcasting you know soundcloud is is definitely one uh, good option and it gives you the you know the ability to and other people the easy ability to embed your podcast although that's now possible with um blueberry uh power press as well you can turn on a thing where people can in addition to it saying you know uh, download uh you know play open and you know play in a new window there's an embed button and you can you know embed a podcast somebody's podcast on your own site if you want
4: and uh I mean, we've got two Brian's now. I'm seeing yeah. double.
3: Uh, yes, Brian
4: three, is here. Another three Brian three. has
3: joined the podcast. <laughs> oh, it's it's, so cool. it, it's yeah. like
0: it's like that uh, uh, Michael Keaton film uh, Multiplicity, You're right? He's, he's he right. right. right.
2: Um, and then I would I would suggest making sure you put your your podcast on um, Stitcher. Uh, which is a streaming service. Uh, for... I hope you're writing
4: all this out, John, because you're going be to do this.
2: I've done yeah. that with mine, <laughs> right yeah. for for you know cell phone streaming. Um, and uh, there are a couple of other there are a couple of other directories uh, a place that's got some recent, fairly recent uh, collections of lists of you know where to go and sub- submit your podcast and and so on is uh, the audacity to podcast. Uh, yeah. Uh, which is partly about technical stuff involving audacity, but a lot of it is about uh, just stuff to do as a podcaster. uh,
4: uh, It's a good resource. I I would say also, Sally, um, um, a lot of people, they get very hanged up about especially if they go to some of the resources that you've pointed out, because they do heavily, they're really about, a lot of the people that get into podcasting folks are really about the sound quality, and it is important. But the one thing I would point out is that I I directly input through a USB mic, and I think most of the panel are, Um, and um, you can get a... um, um, I've just forgotten myself. Mixer. A mixer, thank you, Sally. Um, and but the only point I would say to you that sound quality is important, but um, but the last ten to twenty percent is going to cost you a lot of time in money and resources. Um, that especially getting the last five, ten, 10 to five percent, you're probably looking in the thousands and quite a considerable amount of time in editing if you're doing it yourself. I personally don't think it's worth it. I don't think in commercial terms you get the benefit to try and get a podcast that is up to commercial radio, um, audio engineer standard. Um,
2: I'm not sure people want it because that, no. that sense of direct connection with a real human being is, is part of the appeal of podcasting. You need to make sure that your audio is clear enough that when somebody's in a somewhat noisy environment like listening in the car uh that they can still hear it you know you want to make sure that you've, you 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 uh, manage your level so you don't have something you know part of it being very loud like if you've got two speakers one person who's very loud and one person who's very quiet or if you have intro music that shouldn't be a ton louder than the rest of your uh, you know than than the rest of your audio you don't want to take people's ears out but you know once you avoid sort of the big pitfalls um then yeah don 't get hung up in production quality or you you 'll never actually produce it you know having that having the show appear regularly is much more important than having it be super
4: polished and I just wanted to um, um, I do have an audio engineer that um, Basically, edits the podcast after production. His name's Ram. Uh, um, he does listen to the show as well, uh, Rob. So, Ram, thank you so much for your contribution to the team. You are in the background and you're, um, but you are a key part, Ram. I'm always nice to you, and um, he's a wizard. He gets the job done, and he's just a
0: fantastic part of the team as well, isn't he, John? Yep, most definitely. Um, I want to ask Jackie. Uh, as well, uh, we, when you came to, um, you know, putting together Rethink FM, uh, what were some of the the themes and plugins that you looked at, um, or did you just build a custom theme, and uh, how did you make those decisions, you know, those choices, uh, with how to put together uh, that site.
3: That site was just a custom build off of my starter theme, so and I kind of went out on a limb and just did something completely different than I normally do, so it was a fun project because it was just totally creative to do. Um, the plugin in I used was the uh, Blueberry Powerpress plugin for the podcasting. Some of the challenges with just going through that is just making sure you get all the mechanics set up correctly, like with categories and, you know, are you going to mix your feed with your blog if you're going to have one on your podcast site? So that there's actually going to be two separate feeds, one for your blog and one for your podcast. Um, so there were some considerations um, to getting all of that worked out. So And I decided later that I would want to have a blog but I didn't want that included in my podcast feed. So I had to make sure that I set that up correctly. Um, and so that was some of the the challenges was that, but just from like the perspective of what other plugins I've used were just the normal plugins that I do. I think pretty much the PowerPress, um, Blueberry PowerPress plugin was what was driving the podcasting functionality on the website there. So that solved that problem for, for me. Um, I've got a quick yeah. question for Brian. I just yeah. wanted to ask him was, yeah. Um, he said he listens to a lot of podcasts and I'm just curious um, what about the length of a podcast does that affect your decision on whether or not you want to listen to it on a week let's say you have a weekly podcast that's an hour long versus one that's 30 minutes and I'm talking um, I know like Studio Press recently started a podcast Brian Gardner and Lauren Mackey did and they're keeping it to about 29 30 minutes and I was just curious if Um, What the metrics are on that if that results in more consistent listening because they're shorter episodes versus a longer
1: Um, I Mean for what I personally listen to I It's hard because I I work from home, so I'm sitting here all day so I tend to like the uh, Longer podcasts myself. Um, I guess my sweet spot if you had to pick one would probably be the hour mark is what I is I what I personally like. So I like to throw up a podcast, and I, I usually actually work while I listen to podcasts. That's how I use them. I don't I don't do podcasts in the car or on the go. I always do them while I'm working. So I think um, the one hour mark for me is what I really like. Because um, I think if you do any shorter than that, I don't know. Depending on what you're talking about, I think sometimes you can't get into as much substance or really dive into the topic sometimes as much as you could if if it was shorter
3: that's a really good point i think like on the studio press one they're basically just introducing people of the community to the studio press audience and and in that case a 30 minute probably makes a lot of sense for for a length like that but to talk about an in-depth topic and the reason i started rethink and goes back to what jonathan was saying is you know what your reason for doing it was is i'm all about constantly figuring out how to be more efficient be more effective with my how I'm building out sites, how I'm designing them, how I'm working with content. And so I'm always looking for improving it all and rethinking how I'm approaching things. So that was kind of like the the reason why I wanted to start the podcast was to explore all of that and see what other um, people in our community are doing um, in regards to just their own workflow.
1: Yeah, and I know all my friends that are listening to similar podcasts that I do and I chat with them, they're all doing it while they work as well. listen to it so there's a lot of people I think that listen to podcasts while they work which is an interesting thing so it's it's almost like opera where you you know listen. I I listen to some classical music while I work too because it helps me write but
4: but,
1: uh, (laughs) I actually more like uh, Jim Brickman kind of a a piano stuff but um, but I podcasts for some reason help uh, stimulate my brain and it's not like It's not like pop music where they're singing lyrics but podcasts somehow i think it helps stimulate people's brains and so i have a lot of colleagues that do the same thing though you know they're at home they're working and they throw up a podcast and listen to it so i think that's there's a big community like that out
2: there i'm just amazed you can listen to anything and work
3: i I can't even have music music without lyrics if
2: i'm working
1: oh i
3: can't do it either i have to have complete silence
4: Oh blobby. No, I I, uh, I suppose I'm used to BBC, the Radio Four, you know. I, I actually uh, I've got to have something in the background. I'm very like Brian. I, I um um Yeah. Um so having some chatter in the background is essential. Um so that's how I think. The other factor that's regenerated um, podcasting in general is the smartphone, is the iPhone and the Android, and the ability of people to be able to listen to podcasting um, on those two smartphone platforms. It's totally changed podcasting and regenerated it into a, a growing audience because when you When you do look at the statistics that are available, podcasting and the consumption of podcasts are still increasing quite rapidly. Um, And especially amongst younger generation, between 18 and 35, um, there are some statistics that I found that back that up. Um, And it's it's still a growing platform. Um, But so my basic... um, but it does, you know, we combined must spend over 10 hours a week on this, must we, John,
0: together? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh,
3: Jonathan, Jonathan, you had said one other thing that I just wanted to follow up on about not um, hosting your uh, audio or your videos on your own WordPress site and the other thing to consider with that is your bandwidth because you'll be serving if you do decide, oh yeah, it's no problem. I'm just gonna I don't wanna pay anything. I just wanna put it on my own yeah, site. Don't do that. That's the first thing you need to consider is is that you could easily um, Cause problems with your bandwidth. Uh, Well, unless uh, you host host
4: with Brian's crew, and then they don't buy. They don't buy. They don't (laughs) buy. They're such nice people. So uh, um,
3: there's considerations there with that too. So it's better and and definitely for the metrics because you are getting all of the data about uh, the number of downloads, where they're coming from. Um, Libsyn, if you upgrade your plan, which I haven't done yet, gives you even more uh, information about what parts of the country it's coming from, and just all kinds of analytics. um,
4: It's it's a a very strange situation, folks. It's a bit confusing because the Lipson's player has been in beta for almost forever, and it's not very good. But the Blueberry is a much better player, but I wouldn't recommend the Blueberry hosting service. I think the the Lipson is better. On the all you know, but when you log in, even their plan structure is not that um, clear. What the different analytical stra—it's it's it's interesting, isn't it? The other what the other player that um, it's a player that works with WordPress that's become rather popular is smart. The smart podcast player Um, by Pat Flynn. By good old Pat Flynn. Um he did say he would come on the series, but uh um, he's um he's a Well city. hit him up again. That's cool. We have to hit him again. I do like Pat actually. Uh, um, um and he's very like what he is what you hear actually. Um he's he's all about business, but what you hear is what you get really with Pat, unlike some people. Um but he's got this he's um he's got this partnership and they've got this plug in. I haven't used it, but it looks quite good. He is reasonably expensive but uh, it's, it's
0: like 96 a year if you buy it annually and it's $12 a month if you pay month to month uh, You probably have seen this plugin on several sites uh, It's just a, a nicer looking plugin um, I did want to mention a couple other plugins Yeah,
2: For, for 96 bucks a year I would want you to do more than be pretty hmm. oh,
4: There point. you go
2: it, it, you know it's it's my, my it's last
4: like, girlfriend said that to me, Sani. Uh, uh, uh,
2: <laughs> yuck yuck. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's the uh, I've never had an issue with a with a blueberry player, but the you know, the one of the main things about um, PowerPress, which was created um to replace PodPress when that was abandoned, um these many years ago, which is say about oh, I don't know, two thousand six. Uh, is that it will talk to iTunes and the other people for you. Uh, you know, you put your, you sign up with iTunes. You put your iTunes ID in there. It makes sure everything gets pushed to iTunes. It's oh, you know, great. there are places to to manage your uh, various things. So it, it interfaces with stuff really nicely. And oh,
4: thank you so much, Sally, for pointing that out. It doesn't. It
2: doesn't. It doesn't uh, you know, it doesn't care where you're hosting your your files. You just well, you know tell it where the file is, and it has you know video player, audio player. Uh, do you want to have? Uh, category casting or use a custom taxonomy for your podcast or whatever. So I, I used it to create a podcast network. Um, each podcast is a different category. And so they, it has its own podcast feed. Uh, and then I used a different plugin so that the show host can only post to their own category. Uh, and some other stuff. So it, it it's uh, it's very versatile. It's it's not a small plugin. I, I, you know, it it involves a lot of stuff. Uh, but uh, you know, there's there's much more going on there than the the player that that people see. And it it you can set up a subscribe page really easily where you you know subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Android, subscribe by email. Um, they just added a new one. I can't remember uh, what it what it was, but it, you know they, they've got so Stitcher. It, I think Stitcher's on there too now. That might that might be. That's it's what it it's is. got a. a, a you know, so it it offers you a lot of of stuff, uh, in addition to just a uh, uh, to just a player. And you know, if I was going to pay for something, it would need to replace all of that functionality.
4: Yeah. Well, that thanks Sally, because that's the I forgot to point this out, folks. That's the other main reason why you want to use something like Lipson, I recommend, is that they deal with the the insane requirements of iTunes when it comes to the feed, and. Uh, um um, they're fussy, and dealing with iTunes is a bit of IO. I I've, I actually used to joke with my old co-hosts, and I do that. I think there's just one internee in the i um, in the Apple um, headquarters that deals with where your web where your podcast is going to turn up. Um, I, I just think it's probably just one intern that's kind of given the job, and they don't even know what they're listening to after the time. But that's my that's my fantasy. Actually, uh,
0: I want to like list some kind of like uh, some some themes and some plugins that we haven't mentioned before we close out
4: the. We need to close out, don't we, John?
0: Yeah, we need to close out. But anyway, I want to mention these ones too. Another plugin that we haven't mentioned is Seriously Simple Podcasting. And I don't know if anyone has used that, but that one. I use, seems I use
2: cool. it on one site. Uh, oh, you know, you it, it creates a, a custom post type for your podcasts, uh, and uh, you know, it doesn't it, it it doesn't do as much stuff as Blueberry. So it it kind of depends on what you need, uh, but it is pretty straightforward.
0: Okay, very good. Has anybody used the Libsyn WordPress plugin?
2: Yes. Uh, the, thing about like the, the thing about the Libsyn WordPress plugin is that it's designed to pull your podcast in from Libsyn so that you can go and publish it on your Libsyn site and, and it will automatically bring it into your WordPress site. Uh, and uh, so for people who've already been podcasting on Libsyn, and they don't want to have to do something where they're, they're trying to, oh, I need to add all of my back episodes, et cetera, et cetera. It, it does that synchronization thing um, pretty quickly. Obviously, it's not much use if you don't have your podcast on Libsyn.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Goes without saying. Uh, a couple themes that I wanted to mention. Uh, a theme shop that, that seems to specialize just in podcast themes is Appendipity. Has anyone used that?
2: I think I Just looked now. at some of their stuff ages ago, but uh, you know the thing is, you can use any theme for a podcast. It 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 doesn't you know. It, 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 so uh, I, I think that uh, you know is is what what are these themes doing? Are they building in a lot of function that ought to be in in plugins and and, and locking you in? I mean that is the issue with with specialist themes of of Could many be. kinds, um, you know or. It, you know is it that they all have a, a certain kind of a, a layout that uh, you know helps with you know here are the here's your ad placement you know stuff and and you know you do you may want certainly to think about a uh, a theme that you can fit ads into if you're looking at that as a, a means of support for your uh, for your podcast uh, I would advise you know not something where you can hardly find the content for the ads uh, but uh, it, it depends really a lot on on your nation and your market. Uh,
0: the last two like, themes I want to mention is the Giza theme, uh, which is, seems to be highly recommended, and the podcaster theme, uh, which was recommended to Jonathan by Pippin. That's what he uses for apply filters. Go go there,
4: Jonathan. That's what I'm using. So I thought if it's good enough for old Pippin Williamsons, it's good good enough for Jonathan Denwood. Definitely.
0: (laughs) So we will include all those in the show notes, both in in the podcast feed and uh, on the site. And with that, we're going to close the regular part of the show. Brian, how do people get a hold of you? Where can we find you?
1: Uh, You can find me. I pretty much live on Twitter. Uh, It's just at Brian Lee Jackson, B-R-I-A-N Lee Jackson. And then uh, uh, you can find me on WorkUp. uh, It's W-O-O-R-K-U-P.com. I blog on there, marketing, WordPress, all the sort of stuff. And then uh, Keensta.com, you can find me on the blog there, too.
0: Very good. Sally, how do we find you? Uh, You can find me at
2: WPFangirl.com. I'm at Sally Gatchon. Twitter, and if you can spell my name, you can find me everywhere. There's only one of me on Google.
0: Jackie, how do we find you?
3: You can find me at jackiedelia.com or on Twitter at jdelia.
0: Jonathan, how do we get a hold of
4: you? Oh, um, um, I'm like a rash. I'm always the internet. <laughs> uh, um, uh um, <laughs> Jonathan Daywood Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Email me. I'm one of these people that still reply to their email every second day. Um, and also Skype when I've got it on. A bit like Brian. Um, um, I will talk to people if I've got a spare moment. But if I'm busy, you, you won't get a reply from me. So I'm very like Brian in ways. But um, like I say, I'm all over the place, aren't I, John?
0: Yes, you are. Shut uh, uh, on, John. Yeah. You... Look. <laughs> And you can find me at uh, – that's my website. I'm John Locke. You can also find me on Twitter, lockdown underscore. And with that, I want to remind everyone next week, uh, me and Sally and uh, Kim Shivler and uh, Anka, we're all going to be – Yeah, don't forget Jonathan. He's actually talking. Uh, but we're all going to be at WordCamp Sacramento. Uh, so we're going to have a special episode. It probably won't be on Saturday since we'll be at WordCamp. Uh, we're looking at probably Monday. Um, but we'll see what we turn up. We'll let you know. Um, and for you know, tune in for our next episode. Uh, next episode, we're going to have Becca Rice uh, for an interview from SkyVerge. And uh, we will see you then. Signing out.